0: Hello and welcome. My name is Renee Sills. I'm a consulting astrologer, somatic educator, and host of the Embodied Astrology podcast. If you're new here, Embodied Astrology is a multidimensional learning space where we explore the many ways that astrology manifests through our lives and in the world, and where we play with the synthesis and application of astrology with other modalities, including those in the realms of art, healing, and activism. If you've been here for some time, you'll know that over the past several months, I've shared a lot about the changes coming to and taking place at EA. And today I'd like to introduce the lovely humans and in particular, one lovely human who helped make up the team here. Embodied Astrology offers so many things. Every month at the beginning of each new zodiac season, we release seasonal audio horoscopes that are 20 to 30 minute long for every single sign, giving you an overview of the season ahead for your sun, rising, and moon signs. Almost every month, we also feature interviews or conversations here on the podcast, But Embodied Astrology is much more than a podcast. It includes a weekly somatic practice space that meets every Monday on Zoom with me, where we explore how astrology manifests in our felt sense, and we work to attune our bodies and our body oracles to the celestial energies for the week so that they can support us in our lives, relationships, projects, etc. Once a month, we have a monthly tea time and discussion space. This is open to our community members in the social space member tier. This is an awesome place where we get to debrief our lived experience of the season's astrology together, work with one another's chart, and get to learn how astrology manifests uniquely through each of us in our bodies and our lived experiences. We also have regular workshop programming with incredible guest facilitators, and throughout the year of 2023 we've been able to host several one-time and also series of workshops that explore astrology through intersections of embodiment in praxis with many other modalities, perspectives, and practices. We also have a private virtual community space. It's kind of like a social media space for people who just want to work with embodied approaches to astrology. And in this space, we've also recently begun introducing study groups where we hope to expand and explore the ways that astrology can help us to understand certain topics, focus areas, and aspects of our identities. It takes a whole team to make all of this happen and run smoothly. And I am so grateful to Ash Good, Ariana sears Putowski, and Gabs404 who have been supporting Embodied Astrology behind the scenes for several years now. Gabs works with me on content creation and our social media. They help produce all of the amazing images and videos that go out on our different streams and platforms. Ariana was the previous office administrator, and now she assists with the horoscopes and the transcriptions, making sure that those go up every month. ASH is my longest uh, support on the Embodied Astrology team and has been with me since this project began, helping to design a website and create the um, experiences of our Embodied Astrology booklets and uh, foundations programs. And ASH has been an amazing partner to uh, get into the technical aspects of Embodied Astrology and anyone who has a website and particularly Any of those of you who have uh, online platforms that extend beyond websites and include various different apps and softwares, you know how complicated it is to get things to work together. And Ash has been with me every step of the way figuring it out. And I am endlessly, infinitely grateful to her. Joe Stewart and Alicia Maji are newer additions to the Embodied Astrology team. They joined us in Sagittarius season last year. Joe is our new office coordinator, and you may have interacted with Joe already if you email the Embodied Astrology office for anything. Joe is also stepping in to help us ideate around our incredible virtual content archive and how we want to organize it and use it. Alicia is our community and operations coordinator, and Alicia is actually who I'm going to be talking uh, with in this episode today. But before I introduce Alicia in a longer way, I do want to just give one more big heartfelt thank you to the team here in their entirety. And I also want to give a enormous thank you to those of you who have been listening and participating with Embodied Astrology over the last nine years of this project. It is with the support of this team that Embodied Astrology has become what it is and is going to be able to take on new shapes and expand into more offerings in the coming months. And it's because of you your support, your enthusiasm, your donations, and the other ways that you have participated in this project through coming to workshops, through engaging with me, through your emails, through your feedback, that also makes all of this happen. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of this project and thank you for listening to today's episode with me and Alicia. So I am so excited to introduce you to Alicia. Alicia has been a core part of the Embodied Astrology community since she joined the team last year, and though she's been with us for a relatively short amount of time, I honestly at this point cannot imagine Embodied Astrology without her. The Community and Operations Coordinator title is a working title for now, but I'm sure you've had your own experience in uh, how reductive titles can be and Alicia does a lot here at Embodied Astrology. She has been a thinking partner and ideating partner for me over the last several months, bringing her skills in online community development, as well as her creative mind and writer's mind and astrology student mind, uh, into the space of our conversations. She brings a lot of skill into the interweavings of community and conversation, and a real heartfelt presence and sincere desire to bring people together to have conversations that mean something, that change us, and that change the ways that we react and relate in the world and with ourselves. So in this podcast, you will get to know Alicia a little bit, and you're also going to get to know me a little bit more because we were able to have more of a back and forth conversation We talk about ourselves, we talk about our personal journeys, we talk about our relationship with astrology, and our current relationship with embodied astrology as a project, as a business, as a virtual community, as a podcast, and as something that really has a life of its own, and I think wants to become and develop in some new, exciting ways, that Alicia Uh, And I, as well as the larger team, as well as all of you who've been participating with Embodied Astrology, and certainly as well as our team of facilitators, are all contributing too. And this is an emergent process. It is an exciting time for me to uh, be at a space with this project where it's opening up and other people are coming in to shape its future. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. I hope that this conversation sparks curiosity in you to participate with embodied astrology uh, or maybe participate more if you've already been a part of our work. We have a lot of space for you to access us and contribute to this conversation, to ask questions, to give ideas. You can respond directly if you're listening through the Spotify or Anchor platforms with our Q&A for this episode. You're also totally welcome to email us. You can send us messages on Instagram and you can find the contact and the information to get us in the show notes. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for listening to Embodied Astrology. Thank you so much for being here for this work. And I hope that you enjoy your experience and enjoy your time. Hello,
1: Renee.
0: (laughs) I pulled up the chart of the moment.
1: Mm, Okay. How's it looking? I did my best to make this an ideal time.
0: I really love it actually. It's so it's the first day of Gemini season. The sun is right at the first degree. and we're about midday, a little past midday Pacific time 2:30 pm. So it's a Virgo rising chart and that means the sun is up overhead. And pretty much everybody is above the horizon in this chart, and I really like that. Oh, let me share my screen so you can see it because you want to read this chart too. Yeah, I really like that the Moon and Venus um, are together. The the Moon is moving towards a conjunction with Venus in the eleventh house, and they're they're trining the ascendant, or excuse me, sextiling the ascendant and um, Uranus and Taurus, and Mm -hmm. it's that nice little minor trine aspect and. Yeah, it feels like a nice chart for a for a conversation with you.
1: Mm. Yeah, it feels really sweet. I was looking for something that would be supportive, and I saw Venus and Moon together. I'm still learning how to do all of this, though.
0: Mm. Did you use electional astrology when you chose our meeting time?
1: Yeah, I did. I did. Based on <laughs> how we post everything at EA, I'm starting to learn.
0: That's right. Everything. Well, not always, Mm -hmm. not always, but there's an attempt to time pretty much everything with Astro.
1: Yeah. Which like, actually, I'm wondering how much you lead your life accordingly, you know, like how much that plays into personal decisions that you make.
0: So much. Mm -hmm. So much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been several years now that I've been really intentionally timing my life with astrology. And it started off actually with Jupiter. I started tracking Jupiter cycles because it felt like an easy, you know, it's a pretty much a one year transit. And so, you know, I would just work with Jupiter for the year, wherever it was in my chart. And it started to give me ideas, you know, about what I wanted to do that year, what I would focus on and try and learn about or uplift or grow into like those Jupiter themes. Mm. And I found it really supportive. I did a lot of, um, it It started when I was in an MFA program mm-hmm. and I was doing this kind of experiential astrology practice in there. And um, yeah, I, it it inspired a lot of projects for me and a lot of research spaces. But since then, I use it for everything, you know, and I find it mightily supportive. I find that it really helps me have good timing a lot of the time you know like it helps me extend things where I actually need time but I might be impatient otherwise Mm -hmm. and then it helps me get going on things that I might try and push off or avoid
1: that makes so much sense I see it that way too that like you know I think when I talk to a lot of people who aren't as into astrology which I'm doing a lot more now it's coming up A lot more in conversation when people ask me what I do and I tell them that I work with an astrologer um and I think a lot of people still think about astrology as predictive right um Mm. and I think so much more about it as being supportive and like I still can't get over the way that Ramon phrased it in the last podcast interview that you had about organizational banners you know And thinking Mm. about astrology is like, I think what draws me to astrology is that I have always been looking for a lens through which to see the world in a way that makes it easier for me to understand myself and everyone around me. And like psychology has been that for so long, but like Mm. pairing astrology and psychology feels Mm. so helpful, right? Mm -hmm. And so like when you say things like seeing the timing of something and like, having that sort of push me forward or slow me down when I need to. I think so much about using astrology as an evolutionary tool and like a self-development tool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's been a lot of the intention of astrologers for a long time is to use it that way and to feel into its potentials. And, you know, for sure a lot of the more current astrology in the last developed in the last century or two centuries or so has been really oriented towards, psychology and personal growth and self-understanding mm-hmm. and yeah i mean i i feel astonished every day like in awe you know every day of, of astrology working and every mm-hmm. day you know i'll have at least one moment where i i have an a like oh shit moment like oh shit wow okay You know, and it's not causal, or I don't believe necessarily that it's causal, Mm -hmm. but that we live in a symbolic, totally mysterious, and often very absurd and humorous universe, you know, and that there's such synchronicities, Mm -hmm. and that astrology as a language developed, I think, maybe in collaboration between human beings and living systems and the planets and stars and Earth, like that this is a place where we can kind of see ourselves in the world around us Mm
1: -hmm. and so
0: there is this mysticism in it and kind of entry point into some kind of divine order because that's what literally what we're tuning in with we're tuning in with this kind of celestial mechanics yeah And in whatever way, you know, that we happen to do it, making meaning out of it. And so often there's a clue there, you know, there's a divination, there's a reading. It's like, oh, today the moon is doing this, or this is what's happening to my chart ruler, or I'm going through this big, you know, years-long transit, and (laughs) it's really hitting today, you know, and I'm really feeling it. Having that context is not only just helpful in the moment, but like you said, it's so helpful to steer through and navigate the course of one's life. Yeah. And I'm curious for you, you know, because I so I think when you started with embodied astrology, you were just kind of just beginning with your journey in astrology, is that right?
1: Yes and no. I mean, I think I've always been like astrology curious is how I'd put it, you know, um like I remember when I was like 11 or something, there's a box of free books at the library. And there was a really big astrology book, like one of those oversized ones where every page is like a different sign of the Zodiac. And I remember reading the Taurus one and being like, oh, I do love theater and I do love to eat and I am <laughs> stubborn. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this feels like I, I felt like I was being seen, you know? Mm-hmm. And then in the coming years, they would just see horoscopes in like the newspaper and they would be like, super specific and super vague at the same time right? right they're like today you're gonna trip over your shoes and take everything personally <laughs> I'm uh-huh. like okay that could be anyone and then it wasn't really until like 2015 when I came across um the galactic rabbit blog which I think mm. I've told you about yeah oh um, yeah
0: I know gala yeah
1: mm-hmm, yeah gala's mm-hmm. blog um
0: gala and for the listeners is an amazing astrologer <laughs> yes
1: and um and gala's like love letters each month were like my first entry point into astrology, like real astrology is, as I see it today, where so much of what I was doing in terms of self-development, it, like that was the time around which I started going to therapy. So much of what I was thinking about and feeling into was reflected there. And it felt so helpful to me. Um, and so it's sort of been growing ever since then, but but even then it was really only an exploration of my sun sign and mm. then maybe eventually in like 2019, 2020, looking into my rising and my moon. But that's about it. Like, I think I was telling you earlier that I was looking back in, in my journals over the last six months. And six months ago, I didn't even understand transits. And to think about how much I've learned through the embodied astrology space since then has been, yeah, it's been wild.
0: Mm. I I really want to ask you more about what your experience here has been, but I have other, another question or two mm. about your prior background. Sure. Um, first of all, I'm just wondering how, you know, even in these kind of, I don't know, liminal or passing ways that you experienced astrology before, you know, encountering those uh, books or, you know, coming across information as you did, what did that do for you? You know, what happened when you encountered astrology?
1: I think it made me more confident, in who I am. And even then that continues to grow more and more. Like it wasn't until recently as I've been attending tea times and seeing other people's charts that it really feels like looking at someone's someone's body, you know? Mm. And and seeing body parts and being like, "Oh, they really don't all look the same." That's right. They all are completely different. That's right. <laughs> and I've always had like a really hard time of I tend to assume that people think the way that I do or that people have the same skills that I do. And it's been hard for me to like lean into what makes me uniquely me. Mm. And astrology is something that really does that for me.
0: Mm. Yeah, thanks for sharing all that. I really resonate with everything you said and continue to feel that way also. you know, And it has similarly been just such a um, ally in a sense of personal empowerment, but also personal accountability you know yes. and in the ways that we kind of get shown ourselves through the chart and that the chart really is a body you know that it is complex in the ways that a body is complex which means that it includes multiple dimensions and realms of relationship and the past and the future and basically every single thing you can possibly imagine
1: mm-hmm. right and
0: so it's like we get into astrology and we start to be revealed to ourselves through the chart you know and what it evokes and For me, it just feels like this constant gift of self-awareness. And as a person who is a double Leo, you know, I'm a Leo sun, Leo rising. Leo as an energy, one of the core principles of it is creative self-actualization. And I feel that astrology has just continued to give me that and give everybody that I encounter through astrology that, you know, it's just, it's this delicious, glorious like aha moment it Mm -hmm. feels like to get to to ride the wave of astro
1: yeah i love that and i think i mean yeah of course that comes from your leo rising and sun but you in particular and the spaces that you hold in ea i find like i'm always so blown away by this like casual way that you have of like deeply affirming people (laughs) and who Mm -hmm. they are and um i just i love that so much i think it's so special.
0: Mm, Thank you. Thanks for saying that. I have a practice that everybody I encounter, if I remember, I tell myself that they have a chart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And because of my orientation at this point, which is the body through the chart. It really helps me connect to them and their bodies. And as soon as I can connect to a body, I love them. You know, it's like underneath all of the stuff of our personalities and egos and all the baggage and mutations, (laughs) you know, there is this sense of basic goodness and lovability of you are a body. You are alive on this planet. It is suffering to be here in so many ways. You are... Faced with a unique set of circumstances, the likes of which I can never imagine, but I know is enormous. And you've been put into all kinds of conditions that you didn't ask for and you didn't consent to. And in and somehow in your creative intelligence, through all the powers that move through you, this is this is how you've navigated to this moment. And I can really respect a person then, you know, and it really feels like it it opens up a space of loving kindness for me.
1: That's really beautiful. I feel like I'm hearing. Your Mars in cancer on the 12th when you mm-hmm. say that because <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that we share that as I, I didn't say this, but um I'm a Taurus sun, a Leo rising, Libra moon. So the two of us being Leo risings, I think that we have that in common. I feel so much that I really it's easy for me to love anyone once mm-hmm. I understand them. And I it's it's interesting to hear that your lens is through the body. And with me having Mars and Pisces in the eighth, I want to know like people's deep motivations yeah. and I want to know like how they got to be who they are.
0: Yeah. And, um,
1: and so I do that often. Like yeah. I have a really hard time with like small talk. Um, yeah. And I'll just, I'll just like cut to the chase and ask people pretty deep questions about why they are the way that they are. And it ends up going pretty well, thankfully. I mean, I feel like to know is to love, you know, and if you can understand why someone is the way that they are, then I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to be mad. It's hard to be mad about <laughs> the things that they do. I,
0: I'm thinking about you have Jupiter in Cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a stellium there, don't you? What else is there?
1: Uh, it's conjunct my Chiron in Cancer.
0: That's right. So with Mars in Pisces, Pisces, traditional rulers, Jupiter... Mm -hmm. So I jumped from Mars over to Jupiter and that, Mm -hmm. you know, big Jupiter, Cancerian, Chiron, you know, psychology, healing, getting into the wounds to get into the gifts, 11th house, eighth house. And I'm wondering, like, how's it been for you in tea time? Because tea time is a space where, you know, it feels like there's an unabashed kind of invitation (laughs) to go deep, (laughs) you know, and it's like, we're looking at each other's charts. So a lot of stuff comes up. Or a kind of adjacent question, answer however you want is, you know, what has astrology done for you in terms of that desire of yours to have these kinds of conversations?
1: It feels like a, like, again, because astrology is coming up so much more when I talk to anyone because they ask me what I do. And as soon as astrology comes up, it becomes this opening for Mm -hmm. conversation about who that person is and kind of getting to test out my astrological knowledge with them and see whether what I say resonates. And naturally it gets deep really fast. So I love that so much. And tea time is like, I don't know. It's like, it's a dream for me, you know, for people to be that open and that vulnerable. And it can be intense. Like, I mean, I turn off my camera and cry a lot (laughs) because it's, it's a lot to hold the emotions of, you know what people have gone through and what they're willing to share with us. And sometimes I'm crying because I think it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um but it's that's my jam, you know. I love going deep. Yeah. What about for you?
0: You know, I love it. I just love it. I've had the honor and privilege of holding a lot of intimate space for people for a long time now, beginning when I was in my early 20s. So it's been almost 20 years that I've been kind of on this path of service that's either body you know with the body as a movement practitioner or an an body energy worker or now with astrology and commonly with both of them and for all that I feel like I have at my disposal in terms of somatic tools and cultivation of the interoception and what i what I want to own is a clear sentience, you know, a kind of psychic capacity through the body that I feel is really accessed through the chart. And I do feel that that's something that is cultivated and practiced, you know, Um, with all of that, I would have to say that the number one space of transformation for people is what they come to themselves when they speak something out loud, you know, Mm -hmm. and when something is shared and when something is witnessed and held in community. And there's something about that kind of space that for me just feels like just so deeply special, but also a place where I feel like we are honestly being quite political, you know, in our work and we're holding space in a kind of intimacy that is rarely found in, and rarely allowed in yeah. in current society, you know, and under all of the oppressive isms they've been put in place to keep us apart, you know, and to really judge each other and, mm-hmm. and judge each other on, um, you know, so many different levels. And one thing that I feel like astrology can really do is open up the complexity, you know, and the depth of people and, in and, and really assist us in, um, you know, deeper intimacy with ourselves and others. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're so right. I think we live in a, in a world, uh, especially, you know, like in the Western world where there are so many polarities and and there's so many divides, um, between people. And I love thinking about astrology as a place where people can come together and understand why people think the way that they do. And maybe that extends more compassion to one another, um, because I, I think that's really what it is, is like we need spaces where people can have conversations about, it's like a conversation under the conversation, right? Why you feel the way that you do instead of leading with an opinion and being defensive and having a lot of anger around it. Right. And so I think you're right that like spaces like this are incredibly important um, to open up and I'm so and, grateful to be part of it.
0: Yeah, I'm so grateful you're here. It, that that makes me want to talk about... Um, Honestly, what I think is really special about EA, the EA space, because, and I've heard this now from so many participants, it's a really special kind of space in that in terms of astrology spaces, it's not a traditional astrology learning space. You know, we're not spending a lot of time on the rules of astrology. And there are so many amazing resources to learn those rules you know, such incredible teachers out there. But embodied astrology isn't necessarily the space to come and like learn the, the method and the technique and like this kind of, you know, of traditional astrology. But it is a space where at any level of knowing with astrology, we're playing with like a kind of embodying of it and mm. tuning in through the felt sense and opening up and expanding interpretation and meaning, seeing what associates and lands for people, you know, being in conversation in that way. And mm-hmm. really trying to cultivate, you know, like a crowdsourcing of meaning, because astrology is enormous, you know, and it's gonna it's gonna manifest and land for everybody differently. And there's mm-hmm. no prescription, and I think that's been uh, something that for me as a you know coming from the realm of working with bodies, where it is so important to remember that every body is unique. Mm -hmm. You know, and especially with rehabilitative movement, which is something that I have done some amount of, you know, and studied, every body needs a different healing, you know, and there might be, there might be really big similarities between one body and another, but every body has different patterns of weight, has Mm -hmm. different genetic imprints, has different repetitive, you know, habitual kind of entrained postural things has different conditions they're working with, et cetera. And so for, for the kind of transformative healing that I think is potential you know in the realms of body work to take place, there has to be this kind of living curiosity, I think, between the practitioner and and the per- people that they're working with that allows the intelligence of the living body to come forth. And I feel like astrology, you know, wants to be like that, but is so often, at least with Western astrology, is so often kind of held inside formulas. And which isn't to say there isn't a deep and wonderful lineage of like psychodrama and experiential astrology and medical astrology. Um, But yeah, I just feel like the embodied astrology space is incredibly unique in that it's kind of shaped around a participatory ideal and Mm. ethos. And that in that shaping, it it holds particular values that I think are are sometimes rare, also in especially in traditional astrology, which is often very, you know, coming from a, a white, often male European lens. And so EA is definitely a place where. There's been a concerted effort to take a feminist, a humanist kind of lens to do a lot of deconstruction, to really attempt a decolonial perspective, to look, you know, through an anti-racist and race-aware lens, you know, like acknowledging that people are not all the same, you know, and blanketed in the ways that, um, you know, many European astrologers did and, and kind of gave gave a lot of space to standards that I would say are white supremacist capitalist patriarchal standards that have been read into the symbols. Um, yeah. just a nod to Alice Sparkly cat, you know, and the work that they've done with post-colonial astrology, but there's, you know, I, I think EA is a, also a special space in that where it's like, we're reformulating meaning too. And we're really inviting Creativity and play, as well as analysis and critique.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. So much of my experience at EA has been that, like, you don't have to have the astrological language to to talk about astrology. You know, I think you were saying this this morning in the somatic space, right? It's like if you don't if you don't have the astrological language, you know your life, Um, and you can start there and then and then chart back and then try to make the associations. Um, And that has been so empowering and it's such an easy entry point in. And yeah, when I think about the lived experience of anything, I mean, sometimes you go to a doctor and you're like, hey, I'm feeling this thing in my body and I I feel like I'm sick. And they're like, oh, well, that doesn't really match with like the symptoms that I've learned about in a textbook. So you're not sick. Mm right and that's kind of where the conversation ends and you go home and you feel really invalidated and really confused hmm. um and so i think it's very decolonial um unpatriarchal to say sure traditional astrology has a narrative of what this could look like and what it means and you know what this archetypal energy is typically like but also fuck that. What's your experience? And like, fuck that. What are the other stories that are being told here that, that people aren't talking about? Right. Mm-hmm. And that that feels really exciting to me. I don't think that I am interested in being told how to feel. I'm not interested in being told. I don't know. I'm not interested in things that are static either. And um, sometimes traditional astrology can feel really static
0: mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, this kind of formulaic idea of, you know, what a Leo is, or something like that. Meanwhile, you're living a Leo rising existence. And it's Mm -hmm. so many things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I I love that astrology, like I make jokes a lot of the time, you know, when people, they say this a lot, they come into session, and they're like, what's going to happen next, you know, and I'm like, well, something's always next. Mm-hmm. Right, Like something's always next. I'll make a joke about how how it's, you know, a gig to keep astrologers in business. Something's always next. But astrology is a living language. And so life is not static. you know, it's not a form that's fixed. Mm-hmm. It's constantly moving and changing. and astrology is too. And yeah, you were you were saying something about um you're giving this kind of analogy between um someone seeking uh, health care. And what can happen with astrology as a space where kind of more nuanced understanding or validation can can come in, in terms of, I think, seeing or witnessing or hearing someone. Mm. Um, Which made me think, which made me kind of jump to, you have been facilitating some study groups with EA over the last couple of months. And this is a new project for us in the community space. It's one of the attempts to kind of build um, a foundation and like groundwork, for living embodied astrology research to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the spaces that you've helped kind of bring together is a chronic illness and disability study group. When you were sharing, you know, that analogy, it made me think of how many clients and friends I have who experience chronic illness and have that experience all the time, you know, just being constantly devalidated by the medical institution as well as other people, you know, and family, friends included, but yeah, it it kind of brought up a curiosity for me around, um, you know, whether there's anything that you can share from being in that space about how you feel the potential of astrology in combination or in application with certain focal points, um, that this is a place, you know, where there's an intention to kind of deepen awareness around, uh, certain spaces of experience and yeah how's that going
1: it's been beautiful it's it's really been beautiful and incredibly healing I think for all of us in those spaces um yeah so the chronic illness study group is a small one and it's funny because Initially, I had felt uncertain about being a facilitator in that space because I was like, oh, you know, I don't, I, I don't have a, a chronic illness. And so I'm not sure that I'm the right person to be um, facilitating. And I do have help from, you know, other folks in, in the EA community space. But actually, through being in the study group, I was able to connect to an earlier experience in my life where I got uh, quite ill at 16 out of nowhere and um, although I I got better in that I didn't have that illness anymore by the time I was like 17, I never really bounced back for for a long time. And I see now that I was suffering from chronic fatigue for over a decade. And so, being in this space and being able to talk to folks about this experience, because there aren't that many spaces where you can talk about that kind of experience and what it's like to be outside of how society functions and the timing on which society functions and the responsibilities that you have to live your daily life like sixth house stuff it's been super healing for me and really validating for me and i'm understanding now a huge portion of my life that i didn't really understand before so yeah these spaces have been really incredible and we're also like we're also able to see. Obviously, this doesn't go for everyone, and everybody experiences illness differently. But for the folks in the space that we have, we talked a lot about the sixth house and the twelfth house, and and we're continuing to have that conversation. And about that axis is like the undoing and doing axis, right? Mm-hmm. Of like the twelfth house being the place of undoing, and also like how how illness in your body. When you get to a really debilitating point, it's like a shattering of the container that you're in and you can't help but see all that 12th house stuff, which is like, I am not this body. I am so much more than this body. I am so much more than the sixth house, what I do every day, my routines, what I do for work, who I am societally. And who is that? Who is that person? When, when you take everything from the sixth house away, what's left because Mm -hmm. that's me that's actually me but it's like who am I when I'm stripped of my identity in the world and so like these conversations have been mind-blowing for me
0: yeah wow thank you so much for for saying all that I felt chills like Mm -hmm. yeah listening to that and also feel like you just really gave me a teaching on the 6th 12th
1: yeah I think that's part of it too, right? Is that we're, again, we're like learning about astrology through our lived experience of it and being like, well, this is what it feels like. And then being like, oh yeah, that's 12th house stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, that's 6th house stuff, right? Like you kind of talk about the experience first and that leads you into astrology.
0: Yeah. And I love, you know, I don't know if you're finding this in that study group. I know that I've experienced this in my own life and, and through feedback from people when I read their charts, but you know that there's something also about astrology with these places of chronic pain, and I don't just mean in the body. I mean in all realms of life. You know that we have mm. our places of chronic pain, and that there is this way that astrology gives it some comfort and some scaffolding. It doesn't fix it. It's right. not about fixing it. It's about holding it in a perspective where it's available to us that we can see it from many different dimensions, and we can also see where it it helps us open the thing up, you know, open the pain up and see the pain in multiple dimensions as well. And, and really get to know it and, and have a sense of humor about it sometimes, or have a Mm. sense of connection with others. And
1: yeah, I mean, it's like a, a way of being able to identify what is going on for you in like a way that feels like, okay, it's, it's there. I can put it in a framework that is understandable and like that I can explore, but also it's like, a degree of separation, right? To be like it's it's me and it's also this thing. Like it's me and it's also m- like my cancer placement, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Alicia, I'm I'm curious what other frameworks you are bringing into astrology into your work with EA and um yeah, any parts of your background that you want to share that you feel kind of inform your presence here?
1: yeah, this work at EA that I'm doing feels to me like an alignment of a lot of different things, a lot of different parts of um my experience and my interests and my skill set. One of those things is, I mean, just my tech experience, you know, So I, I spent like probably the last six or seven years working in software. Uh, and helping like create communities online. And I'm grateful for that experience because it's really taught me a lot about how to hold space virtually um, and also just practically like about technology and the capabilities of it and how to use that in great ways. Um, But I had to leave the tech space because I realized that it really didn't feel aligned with my values. And so part of being at EA has been it feels like this movement towards living much more in alignment with my values in a way that feels really important to me because I am so interested in in systems change, um, in revolution, in um, you know nonviolent methods of communication. I think like so much of what we're doing here and exploring at EA feels um, yeah really aligned with my interests and my values. And that's part of it. I've also, I spend a lot of time in my personal life cultivating community, which feels, um, yeah, like something I've done my entire life. So I I host a writing circle online once a month with friends that I've met through like various online and in-person spaces. I have organized retreats and I don't know, online concerts. I'm just sort of like a, a weirdo in that once I find like a group of people, I'm like, oh, we should do a thing together. How can I bring all these people together? And again, I think that's like, that's my um, my Chiron and, and Jupiter and Cancer. I'm seeing that as like this desire to create belonging for people in a way that I so desperately crave. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know this. I'm sure a lot of my friends who are listening will know this. I'm so obsessed with Kingi and nonviolence. Um, I discovered Kingian nonviolence, uh, as in like Martin Luther King Jr. last year, and it has been such a an affirming philosophy of how to how to understand people and how to understand conflict and how to understand how we could move to towards a space of living in in what mlk called beloved community and i think that that really informs how i live my life and how i interact with people and and certainly the work that i do at ea. Thanks
0: for sharing all that. Yeah. I don't have jupiter in cancer but i really resonate with what you shared about being a community builder and i wonder if it's also part of our leo rising similarity alicia and i have the same or not quite the same but very close rising degrees in the first decade of leo and then we both have a luminary right at 15 taurus alicia's sun and my moon Mm -hmm. are both there Um, and so it's been interesting to start to get a feel for where there's some similarity and crossover which i feel like happens fairly frequently
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think most of our voice notes are one of us sharing something and the other person being like, me too, me too, me too, Uh
0: (laughs) which kind of never gets
1: old. Um, Yeah.
0: Um, Feel free to not answer this. Mm -hmm. I'm just realizing that I don't know actually much about your background in terms of where you come from. And when you were talking about your um, enthusiasm for Kingian nonviolence and what it does, and and how you feel it, um, its potential. Yeah, it made me very curious about what brought you to desire that kind of work. And you know, is there, yeah, where do you where do you come from in terms of, um, a background that would instill that kind of desire for you?
1: I mean, I've got um my Moon and Libra and the third. And I just feel like we could all get along, (laughs) you know, I just desperately want us as a society to get to a place where we could have conversations with one another instead of leading with our defenses and to be able to see each other as people um, and to really understand that our, our liberations are, are tied up with one another it's just something that has always inherently made sense to me. Everything about Kingian nonviolence, um, and maybe I'll I'll add a link in in like the show notes for anybody who's interested in exploring it. But everything about it just makes inherent sense to me, um, and and a lot of those tenants are like about doing the self-work that is required to understand your defenses and who you are and what you might be bringing to a conversation with people. Yeah. And sort of taking accountability there. Right. And, and the principle there is that in order to heal the world, we need to start by healing ourselves and then healing with one another and then healing the planet. Right. And, and I think within that is like this understanding that we are, we are all one whole. We are all parts of one whole. Um, in terms of where that comes from in my life, I think maybe it's that I grew up in, um, in a family situation where I had to do a lot of understanding about why people were doing the things that they were doing, right? Why I was being treated the way that I was or why people in my family had certain dynamics that they did. And so it comes really naturally to me, as I was saying earlier in this conversation, to know to know what the conversation under the conversation is and like the vulnerability under the defense. And And so I feel like maybe empathy comes easily to me. And I think that if we were able to extend more empathy to one another, that we could really start to make some change together and in the society. And that feels incredibly important to me. It feels like something I could really make my life's work. Mm-hmm. that helpful?
0: Yeah, it's helpful and exciting and inspiring. And it really, I mean, if anybody was wondering why I <laughs> hired Alicia and felt excited when you <laughs> applied, um, yeah, it's for all these reasons. I think um, I felt a, a calling to try and make some kind of community around embodied astrology. And then you showed up and, you know, your background and where you're coming from and what you're carrying are such valuable parts of, you know, what you bring to the community and to the work with EA. And um, I, I called one of your references, you know, when we were in the interview phase and this is someone that you had worked for in tech. And he said, Something about how you always led with your heart, and that he had had multiple experiences with you where he thought at first that you were slowing things down because you were focused on relationship and relational Mm -hmm. building. And then he realized after that what you did was actually essential to the process, and that if you hadn't done it, it would have not happened, and then the thing would not have been as good. Mm. And you know, and I was like, that's it. That's exactly who I'm looking for. You know, like there's, um, yeah, it feels really important that relationship is a big part of the embodied astrology community. And, um, yeah, it feels exciting to be working with somebody who is coming in with, um, yeah, with your groundedness and and orientation towards a spiritual path, you know, but also this practical path, um, Mm -hmm. of Kingian nonviolence, and then with your creative work, you know, and community building, it feels exciting to me.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think that we have a lot of that in common, right? Like, I I think that's what excites me so much about working with you is that I see a lot of like a value alignment um, and a philosophical alignment. And again, yeah, I think if people were to see our charts, it would make a lot of sense to them. Um but yeah, it, it feels so much like there's a really exciting opportunity at embodied astrology to change the world, you know, <laughs> through the ways that we explore the synthesis of astrology and other modalities and the way that people come together and, and share in their vulnerability and their exploration of, yeah, things that they can take back out into the world to make an effect wherever they are. And I, like, I mean, it sounds grandiose, but it's really just about your sphere of influence, right? And Kingian nonviolence is that too. It's like you you, you can affect the people who you come into contact with. And if we all did that, think about how different the world would be, right? That's all That's we need true. to do.
0: Yeah, that was such a big theme. Um, this past weekend on Saturday, we had a Taurus new moon, Gemini cusp workshop with Ramon Gabrieloff Parish, who is a climate and food and environmental justice educator and also an amazing astrologer. And um, he kind of facilitated this um, uh, creative practice of cultivating seed packets, (laughs) kind of ideas or actions we could take for change. And one of the things that came out of that was just one seed. You know, if you have one seed to share, spread it. Share it, you know. Mm-hmm. If you learn one thing, pass it on. And-
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's also just about like finding ways in which we can disrupt the status quo, even if that's something small, even if it's yep. just having a potluck with friends, right? Yep. Um, or feeding feeding folks in your community who are unhoused. Like, and then your friends see you do that thing. That like I've had this happen a lot in my personal life, where. Either I'll do something or my friends will do something. And you're like, oh, I never I never thought of that. I never thought that I could do that. And I think so much of us want to affect change in the world, but we don't know how. Mm-hmm. And nothing ever feels like it's enough. But when you see someone do something small, you're like, oh, that it's possible. There's something that I can do. And this feels really, I don't know, manageable.
0: Yeah. So in terms of the ways that we've been talking about EA being a place that can affect this kind of change,
1: um, hmm. so
0: we say change the world, and there is the humility of, you know, it's a fairly small community, is <laughs> definitely niche, um, and it affects change, you know, people come and they change, and they're, like, talking about it, you know, and experiencing it and sharing it. Yeah, I'm wondering if we want to talk a little bit about kind of what's already happening that feels exciting, like what seeds are sprouting the soil that we're tending in terms of like what we're thinking about planting. Yeah. And any, any kind of other parts of that garden.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. In terms of seeds. I think that the study groups are, are such great seeds, you know, that we've planted in the last couple of months of spaces where people can start to explore astrology through like a particular lens and also yeah, to find that like affinity and belonging with one another uh, and talk about things that, again, like you, you really just don't always have the opportunity to talk about with with the people in your life, because while you may have a lot in common. There's a lot that you don't, you know, Um Every workshop we've had this year has been mind blowing. I think the work that the facilitators are bringing into this space has been incredible, and I'm so excited to continue that next year and see how we can start to form, yeah, more spaces of research around astrology and activism and storytelling and writing and creativity and dance and movement and being more embodied. There, yeah, there are so many so many exciting avenues that we've been taking this year, it feels like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, there are so many seeds of the things that, that we're doing. And then there's also, you know, when I was listening to you, I was thinking about the relationships and that being a place where so much change has happened for me. Um, you know, in the, t- in the time that you've worked with me and been with EA, you have changed me you know, your insights, your opinions, your feedback, that's changed me. Getting to collaborate on some level with all the facilitators this year, you know, I I was able to have such um, lovely conversations with everybody about what they're interested in, what they're thinking about, how they're applying astrology. We got to get curious together about what they wanted to do, you know, and for me as a person coming from a teaching background where I'm often freelancing and I'm trying to like make something for a space, you know, I, I get hired to come teach a workshop and it's like, oh, you know, teach a workshop in this way or something. And I, I don't know when I've ever really been given kind of an invitation to just try and get really creative, you know, like what, if you could do anything, you know, within this given field, what would you do?
1: Right.
0: And then yeah, this other thing gets to happen. And so that kind of cultivation with the facilitators was so fun. And being able to like be in process with some of them for several months about it, like, what do you want to do next year? You know, where could we go with this? What sounds good? Um, Sparked so much for me, just in that thinking about astrology differently. Wow. And then since the workshop started this year, you know, like you said, every single one of them has been amazing. And so on time, because we're timing it with astrology, right? And, then, you know, it's like, oh, we we started off the year with Amber McZeal in this, in this period of time that honestly felt so dense and so intense. I don't know if you remember, it
1: was mm-hmm. like everything
0: retrograde and this so beginning slow. of the year that just felt like a fucking slog, you know, and Amber was there being like, it's centuries, right? Like really giving us the, the context for the the effective vibe in the atmosphere and then these seeds of this is where you can take it right and like for me I felt this orientation for the year you know which is what we had asked you know her to come in and offer us you know in her leadership like how, how do we where can we go forward from here Amber you know and then oh my gosh like Sherry's workshops like the way that she And you're making the people listening can't see the face Alicia's making, but it's like her, you know, jaw drops, jaw drops. And this kind of eye thing, you know, and it's like amazing. I literally had somebody stop me on the street the other day. I was walking and, (laughs) and somebody stopped me on the street and they said, oh, are you Renee? I recognize you from your hair from EA. So my hair is kind of big. And I was like, "Oh, that's sweet. They recognize me. They hadn't turned into EA really before, but they had taken Sherry's workshop. You know, Sherry's amazing. <laughs> we were both gushing. You know, like, wow, this workshop opened up so much. It's so it's much. kind of. And you were saying after her last one, because Sherry's done two workshops now. It's a four part series uh, over the course of the year on Saturn and Pisces, and so we just had the second one recently." And you were saying after the fact that you could feel that she had spent however many months working with the material, you know, really working with it to craft it into this two-hour treasure just, chest. You know, this
1: just this- the richest, most generative. Yeah, I. It's blowing my mind still just to think about, and I. I think that is. The beauty of saying, hey, facilitators, we we want you to do something. You figure out what it is. What are you passionate about? And there was so much passion in Sherry's workshop. And you can see how much time she spent thinking about these things from a place of passion and exploration. It's not just like I'm putting together a workshop and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's transformative stuff.
0: It really is.
1: I've never quite sure what to expect with the workshops because we explore such nuanced and and sometimes like vague topics like I'm sure maybe like for people who are part of the EA space and and maybe you haven't attended a workshop it's hard to know what to expect but then you get there and it just blows your fucking mind you know (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: yeah I've definitely been feeling that and um, we still have a number of workshops coming up in the year, a couple, mm-hmm. just one-time workshops, um, Bridget Hickey and Jules. I'm not going to be able to say their last name, right? I, it's, it's not on my tongue, but, um, I was able to see Bridget's art opening actually last night, um, here mm-hmm. in Portland. They have, um, a piece at the Portland Contemporary and, Oh, I just felt so excited, you know, to kind of get a glimpse into the ways that they orient with astrology through poetry and sound and healing. Mm. Um, Jules' workshop uh, is coming up also in cancer season. And um, one, one area of interest that I really have for embodied astrology is uh, you know, spaces for people who speak different languages. Yeah. And, you know, as an astrology practitioner, I feel like I'm fluent in astrology, which is its own language. But as a native English speaker, and unfortunately, a person who really only speaks one language, uh, you know, I kind of have really basic French and Spanish, but not very good. I'm aware so often of how limited my mind is by English, you know, being a, a language that is honestly, it's a tool to shape consciousness. All language shapes consciousness. It's like, a, you know, it's a colonial tool and it's a language that is so rooted in ownership and objectification and turning things into fixed static nouns, you know, that then we can own and objectify. And yeah, I'm so curious, you know, how people orient with astrology in different languages and likewise from different places. A lot of my context for astrology exists within european and north american anglophone contexts um, mm-hmm. and so having jules coming from mexico city and uh, bringing in this you know their workshop with the latinx love songs and working with Ishel with the mayan moon goddess just it like tickles me in this way where it you know it does feel like a seed and uh you know and i want to give a shout out also to our scorpio season presenter indira allegra who taught a workshop last year that was um, really transformative, a really beautiful workshop on the asteroid Vesta in relationship to domination and pink. uh, The workshop was called beyond domination really kind of got into some really powerful stuff. So Indira is going to teach again this Scorpio season, but shout out to them because they, in a conversation we had once um, expressed a wish for astrologers of many different, uh, astrologies to come together, right? Like Chinese astrologers, Mayan astrologers, embodied astrologers, Hellenistic astrologers, like, let's just get everybody together and jam. And like, you know, can we embrace and explore the complexities of astrology by blowing it up even more, Mm. (laughs) you know? And I feel like I'm not sure that that can happen Everywhere, because I've encountered in astrology, what I've encountered in many, many different places in like the human realms, which is people get really attached to their way. And they're like, oh, I only use whole signs. Like I'm only a Hellenistic astrologer. Like I'm only going to do, you know, Jotish and Sidereal or or something. And it's like, they all work. They all work. Literally, like all of them work because all of it is access into celestial mechanics. And you're looking at constellations. I'm looking at seasonal shifts. You're looking at that planet. You're tracking the moon. You know, you're thinking about astrology in relationship to this myth. You're thinking about it in relationship to plants. It's like, we need all of that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where I was going. I just went on a ramble, but there was something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of brings me back to the excitement that I have about embodied astrology, which is that it's just like, it's a buffet, right? It's like, if, if that works for you, if, if this way of looking at the chart works for you, if Hellenistic astrology works for you, use it. That's great. doesn't matter. Just tell us about your experience. Right. And all of that is collected into our shared understanding of astrology as a whole. Yeah.
0: So what have we got coming up? Like what's, what's, Okay, so to be totally transparent, we are not yet out of the retro shade of the Mercury retrograde that happened in May. And so Alicia and I have been talking about EA futures with the caveat that we're talking about it during retrogrades. So we've been having the kinds of conversations that just put a lot of things out there and don't really decide on anything yet. So with that caveat, what are some things that you can feel? These are upcoming, maybe they're not fully formed, but there are ideas in the works and you're feeling excited about them. And maybe if there's any call to action for our listeners in terms of, because we do have some things coming up that kind of rely on people being involved.
1: Mm-hmm. one thing that we've been thinking a lot about is how do we get everyone's perspectives? Because we we have this rich community and so many people with their own experiences of astrology. And I think that we, we have so many great live spaces, right? When we're in workshops and everybody's vibing, where we're sharing a lot of our experiences there. Um, and I want to see that happening more. And I want to collect it somewhere. And I want to figure out how to like show people, you know, the, the epiphanies that we're having together. So that's something that I'm really excited about. And we don't know what that looks like yet, but that's something that I think we're thinking a lot about.
0: Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah. I feel excited about that too. And I feel excited about the experiences. Like how does that happen? Because that's where I get really excited, you know, to design and facilitate experiences for people and to be in it together. I feel very excited about that. And, um, I guess that, that has a, yeah, kind of thread to your chart as a body being built out a little bit more. That's, that's something that we've been talking about for a while. And that probably several people are frustrated with me about, because I've said, for maybe two years, like, oh yeah, le- like we're gonna have a level two thing coming up for sure this year, for sure this year, but it mm-hmm. hasn't happened. Um, and your chart as a body is a right now, it's a self-paced online course that there's a lot of content in it, and about half the content comes from a live workshop that I offered in the summer of 2021. And about half the content comes from uh other kind of recordings I made after the fact, um, along with a workbook and things like that. And so it's a kind of self-paced foundations and embodied astrology and chart reading. I know you've been going through the course, so maybe you have anything you want to say about it, but before you do it, just to say, you know one thing we've been talking about is how do we take that work further? you know and and um a lot of people in our community are great you know they're they're well on their astrological journeys you know and they're applying astrology a lot they're doing astrology we have a ton of therapists we've got a ton of healers we've got educators we have people who work in systems and institutions and it's like they're bringing astrology in and i'm really curious about how we start to hold space in the in our bodies and in our charts um to kind of understand this technology and how it can work more, right? Like when we apply it, when we apply astrology, cool things happen, conversations open up, people change, you know, we get strategies, we see patterns, et cetera.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I took the course probably at the end of last year and it blew me away. I mean, I learned so much. I learned so much. And it's an embarrassing thing to admit because I work at embodied astrology, but embodiment has been really difficult for me for a long time. And, um, and in your course, you have embodiment practices for each of the zodiac signs. And there was so much revealed to me from my own body through those like guided practices that not only taught me more about like those archetypes and, and those signs, but a lot about myself, you know, and like really early experiences are really deeply rooted embodied experiences and memories that I had forgotten about, you know, but it's all there. It's like all living there in my body. And, and so one of the wonderful things about, um, your course is that it, it connects you, it connects you to your body, which is pretty. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, for multiple reasons, I would strongly recommend that people check it out. Um, especially because, and this is what I was gonna say earlier that I was thinking about with you saying that you had promised a level two to people for so long. You've been doing so much. You do so much, Renee. It's unbelievable. Like I don't, I don't know how you've done everything that you've done for so long by yourself. And and it's not just you and I, um, for the record, right? There, there is a team of us now. Um and so that's really exciting to me because we're going to be able to do so much more together now and, and hopefully lighten your load. Um, but what I was going to say is people should take the course to get prepared for that level too, because I think that'll be a, a really interesting space for us to explore all of this together more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm really excited and I'm excited to build community around this kind of practice and yeah. Um, Just see what happens, you know, as we encounter one another and teach one another and kind of collectively learn. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll say that the last seed that I'm excited about. I feel like I'm prompting you to talk to me about me. <laughs> so Leo, yeah, I'm so Leo, I'm just like a cliche a cliche right now, but anyway, tell me more about me.
1: You don't have to ask the, me twice. <laughs>
0: the other Another seed I'm excited about is just the seed of what is happening in the somatic space, which is, you know, now uh, I kind of, I'm in this constant process with being a business owner where I'm just like, I hate, I hate being a business owner. I want to be a human. And Part of what feels exciting to work, you know, with you and with Joe and Gabs and Ash and Ariana and Sarah, it's like the whole team at EA, like everybody's just on board for a living practice, you know, and we're emergent, and it's like, let's see what we want to do. And this year we really, you know, changed things up and I did let go of a lot, which meant that I could start teaching a weekly class, uh, the somatic classes, somatic space classes on Mondays or moon days. And it's been so fun to come back to teaching movement because it's been a few years for me now that I've just mostly been teaching astrology, even from an embodied perspective, but not really actually teaching movement or embodiment or somatic or meditation, which is what I did for a long time. And when I teach something, it keeps me in the practice of it. And so it's been also just very luscious and wonderful for me to have you all like there to keep me in a practice. Um, But I'm really excited about it. And in this morning's class, I felt like we had, we got to have a little bit of a discussion around some of the stuff that was coming up. And it feels like a place of practice and curiosity for me around do the ways that I practice astrology, which are through these kind of movement, image based, feeling tone, you know, bodily divinations. Does that translate? And then how does it translate and what comes through? Because reading astrology that way is going to be unique for everybody. You know, we'll we'll get different kinds of answers.
1: What's coming to mind as an answer for me is like everything is everything, you know, like just in the way that you can look at a natal chart and not be able to look at a placement in isolation. You cannot look at your body in isolation from your life in isolation from astrology in isolation from your environment and the systems in which we live, it is all connected. So yes, very much. So it resonates. Um, And I think that the beauty of it is that because it's sort of what's the word I'm looking for.
0: It's poetic. I think, you know, astrology is very poetic. It's not, it's suggestive.
1: Yeah, totally. And I, I think the somatic practices that you lead are poetic and it's, it allows enough space for people to put their own meaning on it and find their way into whatever lesson that it is that they need to learn. And um, it's felt incredibly supportive to me, again, as someone who's sort of just entering. And this is probably influenced from your somatic practice, but I am moving into a space of practicing being embodied more. And so it's it's been incredibly healing for me. And really transformative for me. And I'm I'm certainly taking it out into my daily life. And um yeah, it's so exciting.
0: Thank you for telling me.
1: <laughs> anytime, anytime. I know that Leo feeling. I love I loved hearing you talk about me.
0: How'd I do? How's <laughs> it so <you good>. go? <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate, I guess the last thing, maybe because I know we're coming up on our time, but I really appreciate being able to talk to you about Leo stuff because it's it's weird to be a person that kind of puts yourself out there to organize groups, you know, and like Leo's are such cheerleaders, you know, we're like, come on, let's do this thing. And it's fun, (laughs) you know, and then it's, you, people are looking at you and um, we're both Leo risings. And I feel like we've talked about this kind of relationship to visibility that can be, you know, both natural and instinctual and pleasurable, but also intense and hard.
1: Yeah. And terrifying at times, but I think like, I don't think we can help it. (laughs) I don't think that we can help, but be heart forward. And, um, you know, I was listening to the astrology podcast, uh, the episode on Leo's, which was so insightful for me. And one of the big visuals that I took away from that was like that visual of Leo as a spotlight, but Mm -hmm. it's not just like spotlight on yourself. It's like Mm -hmm. being able to turn that spotlight around and put it on someone. And that attention that you give to them, not only like helps them flourish but also I think that's why it's so easy to love everyone because you put the (laughs) spotlight on them and you're like, oh, that's what makes you beautiful. Oh, that's what makes you special. That's
0: right. And so, yeah,
1: I mean, it's been very cool to to hear so much of that stuff that makes me feel really sometimes weird about myself reflected in the things that you say. Um, Yeah, really, really appreciate you.
0: (laughs) I appreciate you too, very much. Mm. And if people want to come hang out in the EA space, you know, it's being shaped by some big Leo energy. And that means there's a spotlight, you know, for you or any aspects of <laughs> you that you want to work on or bring in or get curious about. And it's a really tender space. It, it is a space that has important community guidelines around caring for one another and, you know, opening and offering and holding space. Um, and it's a space that's imperfect and growing and doing all kinds of things. And so if you want to get to know embodied astrology and hang out and maybe participate in shaping some of the spaces, we would love to meet you Mm -hmm. you again.
1: Yes. Come join us. We're doing exciting things and, and holding people gently (laughs) and we would love to hold you there
0: oh my gosh leo cancer so much leo cancer between us
1: yeah big time (laughs) all right thank you so much
0: thank you Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting this work by sharing our podcasts and horoscopes with your friends and networks, making a one-time donation or signing up for one of our memberships and joining us in the community space. Make sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite listening platforms. And you can follow Embodied Astrology on Instagram at Embodied Astrology.